0: TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind, featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do. I am Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch, and my champion mindset co-host, Marcus.
1: <laughs> I got the other. I got the next boxing intro. Thanks, LT. Oh, pleasure, I don't pleasure. have the gloves on. I don't have the gloves on, but... Uh... Very happy to be on another episode of Inside the Champion's Mind. It's, um, there's so much going on. I love, I love doing these episodes because we're always sharing uh, stuff about what's going on in our lives and, and it's almost like cathartic in a way. I get off um, the, the call and think, man it's good. Like there's so much cool stuff going on, and, and anything that doesn't feel great, you can always flip it around to actually see the benefits of it. So, it so looking forward to another say, half hour with you.
0: Well, I gotta say, it's it's so weird to uh, think like you know a few years back that that I actually have that much to say, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and that actually someone might be actually listening to this. So if you are listening, yeah. go to our Facebook page and uh, let us know that you're listening, so that I don't yeah. feel like I'm just talking to Marcus all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Marcus, last in our last episode we, um, we talked a lot about we started off the call by uh, sharing a story about mike tyson so if you haven 't listened to the um, last episode i 'll just sort of recap it that we talked about how Mike Tyson um, has hired a uh, a person specifically just to have to get in his head. By telling him he was the greatest champion in the world. Like he was just walking in, into the ring and he would always say, Mike Tyson, Mike, you're the best. You're the best. You're the best boxer in the world. You're the heavyweight world champion in the world. He just kept on saying that just to kind of get in their head so that his own um, words of insecurity, of victimhood, of what a poor childhood he was. How, you know, how dumb he was or he didn't grow up in a good neighborhood. All that stuff wouldn't come up because it would be overrided by this other audio. And we thought we, that this episode we would talk about is about victim, like being a victimhood. Uh, sorry, that being a victim because all of, all of us have our victim story, quote unquote. Um, but we also have the self self negative talk that um, sort of creates that drama within our own life, and the stories that we we said to, about ourselves that create the character and the personality that we actually currently live. And um, you know, there's so many different stories about um other other sport athletes having like, for example, I, I don't know if you remember Dennis Rodman. Um, you know, some people are not sure. Yeah. You know, people might not know who he was, but Dennis Rodman was a basketball player um, for the Chicago Bulls. And um, he, you know, back in the nineties, I guess, playing with Michael Jordan, he was one of the fiercest defender in the world and um one of the things that he used to do he w- used to when he, during practice um he would have his um you know this is before mp3 players so he would have a walkman right <laughs> so he would have a walkman and um, he'd be listening to something and anybody who used to come come up to him we used to go you know what are you listening to and he, he used to just say you know whatever he was listening to rap music or whatever and then um one of the um uh, a guy, I can't remember his name, he was a billionaire who eventually, I think, bought the team or was part of owners of the team and went up to him and said, Dennis, what are you actually listening to? And he goes, you want to know what I'm listening to? And he goes, and he basically put um, his earphone to that guy's ear. And basically, it was Dennis Rodman speaking to himself. Basically, what Dennis Rodman used to do was that he tape-recorded himself, just like Mike Tyson did hiring someone. He tape-recorded himself and basically was listening to himself, telling himself how good he was.
1: That's
0: awesome. Yeah. And, and it's amazing because we, those um, professional athletes recognize that, you know, we all have self negative talk, no matter what level, um, how, how, I think the higher the level you go, you probably actually have more doubt because mm-hmm. there's so much more riding um, when you get to the top. And so you have all this doubt in your head. And so they knew that. So the, how they hacked the system, I guess is the, the best way to put it, is that they basically created a uh, a mantra for themselves to repeat over and over again because negative self-taught is like like weeds in your garden right it always grows like no matter how great you take care of that garden it's gonna grow all the time but once in a while you just gotta make sure you weed it and I, I always use the analogy of this because you got to water your garden, you got to have great sunshine, you got to you know put good soil, you got to take care of the garden. That's the good stuff that you got to listen to over and over again because there's just so much negativity in this world. You know, just watch the, just flip on the news or watch read the newspaper for one or two pages, you realize that the world's ending every single the day.
1: We- <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And the weeds are going to grow no matter what
0: yeah exactly you know? And and i was asked like why would you start your day by listening to all the crap that's going around the world versus um all the good things and i my mom it's a typical example like you know i know my mom doesn't listen to the show anyway so it's okay for me to say this but my, you know my mom will like just tell me like oh did you hear about this earthquake and wherever and did you see how many people died i'm like mom like i get it like i, mean, I feel like i feel really bad but I don't want to live my whole life worrying about like all these people that are dying around the world. Like That's to set my day.
1: you know. And and you know the other thing about it, when people die and it's in the media? Every single person that dies always says before they die, don't stress and worry and feel bad about me. Just celebrate my life. Every single person before they die. They don't go watch the news about me, stress about me, write articles about me, freak out about me, and discuss me with your friends.
0: Mm, definitely.
1: So people that die in... And, and again, no one, no one likes the thought of it. But they don't want us to be freaking out and gossiping and telling everyone and reading the news and all the rest of it. So I get it. I'm with you, LT. Well,
0: if I if I died, like if I died and, you know, I'm my own funeral, I'm a spirit hanging over my own funeral, like I don't want you to be sad for me. I want you to, like I hope that I lived a good life, that, you are, that I was able to pass on something, a legacy that you can carry on, a story, something I did or, you know, whatever, that it could be passed on to others – other people, so that someone in the world, or you know, hundreds of people, are able to be changed because I lived, you know, and that's how I want to, I want my my life to be. It's about the legacy beyond me, not just the life that I just lived. You know, yeah. I'm sure all of us feel that way. No one would die and go, "I hope you feel sorry for me." And if I die,
1: and and let me just put this put this in my in from my perspective, because I don't want to say you, but if I get smashed up by a truck, or if I die in an earthquake, or if I Die in a fire, in a house fire, or if it's a gory death, I don't want you to focus on how I died. Just focus on the life. Yeah,
0: while well, knocking a wood, by the way.
1: <laughs> just, <laughs> just to be clear. Happy <laughs> 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 uh, uh, times. And yeah. then um, just to take this um, a step further, um, I want people listening to think about people in their lives, no matter how much they love them. Um, And think about the people in your life that you love them to bits, but no matter what they say and then no matter what you say, they will always do the same thing. So if we're just digressing back to the topic of victim stories, you have people in your life, and we all have them, who tell a good story, they're going to do this, they're going to do that, they're going to, going to, going to, going to, going to, but they never change their behavior. And I just wonder out to you whether that's because they don't have someone like Mike Tyson did walking behind them saying how awesome they are and they're the best in the world but instead their victim story is saying, oh, well, I'm not going to do that. I don't deserve to do that. I can't do that. I'm not good enough to do that. X, one, Z. And the key is are we letting the victim story be published or are we letting the hero or the champion story be published? Because even though it sounds brutal, at the end of the day, we're the editor. It's our choice, what we put to air and... Um, If only people found the courage, I suppose, to do that, then um, our lives would be so much more fulfilling, wouldn't they?
0: Well, key number one is that you get to choose, right? That's what you just just said. I think that's number one. Number two is that, you you know, it's a lot easier to live a victim story than it is to live a champion life. It's a lot more socially acceptable. Oh, of course. Like, I mean, just think about, no, no offense to the females listening to this, but I mean, let's think about girls' gossip, right? What is it about? So how you know how bad things are, or like my life is, or whatever you know, I mean. Like guys to gossip is that too, but you know, but you can see how that typically moves forward to that because when you say something that's bad, you're looking for your girlfriend's or your friends to kind of support you, right? And so, but the support, it's not about support; it's about feeling sorry for you. And I'm not saying there's nothing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but you know, but it's when when it's perpetual.
1: Yeah, and is a paradigm.
0: Yeah, it just reinforces the story, and you know because you got support and love. Guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna go back for more
1: yeah.
0: and more, and you're gonna crave it. And you know, for a champion, that's the worst thing you can do because champion was just like they they just move on, right? They were looking for the results, they're looking for the change, and how you can move forward. If you continue going back to a champion, like I can't do this, I can't do this, they're gonna just like give up on you. Don't wanna don't wanna deal with you, right? And I think we all have our victim stories. Um, you know, I mean, I can think back from victim stories of like, I was the biggest nerd in the world. Like, honestly, like, I if you well, look so back... Is, so was
1: Brett Hill, wasn't he? Doesn't he happily say that as well? Like, Oh, I don't know about Brett Hill, but man, I was You big, were a nerd. I wonder if Damo was a nerd.
0: No, I don't think I was. I think he was cool. Rock I think star was, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't see Brett as being a nerd, but I was definitely a nerd. There's no way anybody could be nerdier than me. Um, <laughs> let's compare pictures of high school, but uh, my high school, you just imagine I'm Asian um i got this long hair not like long long hair but like long greasy hair didn't know how to style myself big freaking massive glasses like thick as anything because i can't see um you know so like i was a, you know in the movies they did typically like revenge of the nerds and nerds or whatever that, that's me like that was typically me it's almost like but it wasn't cool back then like it's cool now but it wasn't cool back then
1: it's so- <laughs>
0: Yeah. so you know beauty and the geek like i was the geek you know pick an asian geek that's on that show i'm the geek um that's pretty much how my life was but the the, the worst part about that the worst part about that was that i wasn't even smart as a geek like i wasn't as smart as a, i couldn't even use that as a compensation right? no, you don't get
1: like under beauty and the geek where they're like rocket scientist and um genetic theorist and all the rest of it you just got like not even
0: smart yeah i was just maybe above (laughs) average intelligence um but that as a geek as well so i had no social skills whatsoever oh this is awesome a wannabe sports star but uh you know yeah it was pretty bad it was pretty bad but you know it's so
1: funny to talk about in hard isn't
0: it oh god it's 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 laughable but I, i do believe that it was because of that that you know who i am now but you know at the time would you be happy to
1: post a photo of you from school oh man i
0: i (laughs) I actually did you know i did one because i live in australia now and and all my photos are back Uh in canada i actually asked my parents to bring some over um to find it and they over two trips they finally found some photos and it is there (laughs) Not many. There's not many photos of me uh, in high school, but there's there, and it'll be released when I feel (laughs) that it's the right time, and when I when I can you know feel Uh, the attacks. Okay, but anyways, I need to iron up my champion mindset first. But you know, for for the longest time though, you know, going back to that those days, I would never want to relive high school ever again. Like honestly, it was like just the terrible experience. Oh my god! And one of those reasons is because you know I had no confidence in myself. You know, and it was really bad. Um, the, no confidence in in terms of the social ability to connect with people. Um, to you know, it's just an awkward stage. You know that certain you know people were. I wasn't cool. There was just nothing. I couldn't give any value. But that was the story I told of myself. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that kind of carried forth. Um, into almost university and in, you know and that kind of showed up a little bit but more and i i thought you know this is like i'll just tell you my truth pattern i'm not just exposing myself <laughs> here but <laughs> like i remember thinking there's no way i was ever going to get a girlfriend they're going to not going to win for my looks they're going to go for they're going to win it because of my heart right which, which <laughs> we talked about the last episode <laughs> yep and you know because i was just going to be genuine and someone is going to love me um and <laughs> It's funny that way. When you think back, like that was my mindset, and uh, but I had high expectations as well. So, um, you know, it's it's crazy to think that way now. But at that time, like that was a story that I had in my head, and I couldn't get out of it. And it was a, a long time of just, you know, I'm not good enough. And you know, who would have thought, as a kid, you know, going back, you know, 17 years old, thinking that I'll be speaking in front of you know thousands of people. You know, and and have that have that courage to do that because I was scared to speak in front of crowds or even to anybody, let alone to you know a thousand people in a group or you know whatever it is, and um and and it, but I think it's because of those stories that you keep on telling yourself that all actually holds us back from who we truly are. I can only imagine what it would be like if I just kept on with that story.
1: So I have to ask you then because I'm curious to know. I'm sure there wasn't an epiphany, but can you look back on your life and see how you know you could have gone down the path of living in the victim story but you slowly but surely forged along let's call it the roadless travel yeah
0: you know i'm trying to think back now like what what was the one thing that kind of turned me and i don't think there was any one thing i think there was a combination of things you know i think i think i fell into my strengths in a sense now i knew what i was really really good at and I knew what, what certain things I was never good at. Like English, like we mentioned many times, it was just a <laughs> poor subject for me. And if I there
1: was a language called
0: Chinglish. Yeah, if there was a Chinglish language, I would probably succeed. Um, but there wasn't. Like, you know, English was always my bad. I, mathematics, I was always really good at. You know, I was always um, near the top um, of my class, I went, especially in elementary school. But then when I got to high school, then there was a whole bunch of other Asian kids that were way smarter than me. And then, <laughs> you know, so then it just got worse from there. And But I was still hanging on. I was still hanging on the top 20%, you know, t- um, tier. But when I got to university, it just got worse, you know, because as you move up, you're just like you're, you're taking the top of the top, right? And just, you go forward, he went to chiropractic college, just like taking the top and the top of the top. And these guys are jocks and they're, you know, great at athletics. I'm like, man, I can only rely on that so much. But, you know, what came to me was doing things that I was uncomfortable with. I think that was the major thing, doing things I was uncomfortable with, even though I had a story of that I wasn't good enough. Um, You know, challenging myself. Like the first, I still remember clearly the first time I ever spoke um, at a, uh, at any event of any sort, was when I was a student and when I was a chiropractic student, and there was this event that was like an open forum. I can't remember what the event was, but basically, you sit in a group and whoever wants to speak, something that comes through your mind, you can just stand up and speak. And you know, for the longest time, I had this like thought, oh, maybe I should do it, maybe should I maybe should diminish it. You had the heart
1: you had the hot rising in yeah. your like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh, I'm actually gonna do it, but I'm freaking out,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And a whole lot of stuff, I'm like I can't do it, I'm guess like, you can, and I can't do it, and then eventually, it's almost like putting the pressure on, like, raise your hand, I'm like you're picked and well, you can't back out now, you know, and no matter how bad it was, no matter how great it was, I don't know. I can't remember what I said, but I did it, but it wasn't that like, Oh, epiphany. Like I'm a great speaker. It was like, that was like the first little step into getting out of that, um, of the comfort zone. zone. Exactly. It's just that one little stretch, you know, and it's about proving yourself, but most people don't even want to take that step out. And until you're pressured into taking that step out, you don't, realize what your potentials are and so that's what happened the same thing with podcasting right like i mean we've been talking we talked about it for a little while but it was almost like you know what someone's got to say let's record and let's put it out there and let's give it a go and let's see you know and you know this is what inside champions mind is all about right we just i don't know who's listening i honestly don't know i'd love to know who's listening you know, if you're listening to this like go on our facebook page and tell us um, because we'd love to connect with you but it's more about trying to figure out just going out there and just doing and having a conversation. Me and you are just having a chat and hoping that someone's going to get something out of this, you know, and, but not really caring about what the results are going to be because it's all about just giving and opening up conversations. And I'm learning just as much as you are, Marcus, I'm sure um, about growing and becoming stronger in our mind to move forward as a champion.
1: Yeah. And that's it. And then as I say, I think I said on the last episode, like doing these, doing, doing this podcast for us is, is, Is almost, uh, it's cathartic in a way. Like you get so much out of it. Um, And, but it's, you don't have to be doing a podcast to be getting stuff out of it. It's actually just, Releasing, you almost, when you said before, getting out of your comfort zone, just releasing all of the stuff that you just shared. I bet you actually wasn't that easy to share. Like, it, I was laughing, so maybe, I don't know if that made it easier or harder. But, um, when you're releasing your vulnerabilities, it is, it's, it, you almost feel better at the end. I always know when my wife's when and she'd be happy for me to say this, when she has a good cry, and I always say to her, babe, you just cry as much as you want, get it all out, because I know. At the end, she just feels so much better at the end and every woman here listening that loves to have a good cry every now and again, would I would think agree with me that it is just so good to get it all out Mm. and that's part of the strength, I think, of not actually living in victimhood because again, I hear victim stories all the time and the victim stories get bigger. And they get stronger. And the biggest challenge is that people get more and more emotionally attached to them, where the actual thought of emotionally detaching themselves from the story would almost feel impossible. That they actually don't, don't think that they could do it. And this is half the challenge. Like, it was easy to tell LT that you are not emotionally attached to the 15 year old that's at secondary school anymore. It's not part of your story, the shadow's not there. You're not struggling to deal with it. You can actually laugh about it, talk about it now. You're not living in the shadow. But not many people get out of the shadow. Mm, the no. people get in their 40s and 50s, 60s, 70s that still are living in the reputation that they think they were born with or they think they grew up with. And they're too scared to get rid of the shadow. And, you know, the reason why we wanted to do this podcast today was to say, look, take the shadow and get rid of the shadow. Like, don't live in the victim story or the reputation or the identity that you think either your parents said that you were to be a certain way or your school teacher said you were to be a certain way or your friends in mm. your group dynamics said that you were to be a certain way. There is no benefit whatsoever out of maintaining a victimhood or an identity that doesn't serve you.
0: So true. The other thing too is to remember is that if you actually look back and you actually you know, look carefully... Any of us who have um, overcome any adversity did so because the adversity was so hard, so um, um, like a pinnacle point in our life that it was so challenging. And because of that adversity is what made you who you are today. And, you know, if it wasn't hard, you wouldn't have become that person. Like if you lived your whole entire life without any adversity, then I would say that you probably most likely haven't lived to your fullest potential
1: spot on right
0: and i think that you know i'm you know, when you say that we're you know living putting ourselves on the line in the sense that when we're having this conversation it's like i'm always thinking now like what would what would the champions minds mindset would be like you know in our daily life because man I'm, I'm a co-host of the inside the champions Mind. i can't be thinking like this or i can't be doing that can't i gotta be, do that. Can't be
1: playing safe 24 7 yeah
0: so i'm like i'm almost have to i'm actually putting myself holding myself accountable because you know because i know you guys are listening Right, So then, therefore, it forces me to actually become stronger. And so for you guys, it's about thinking about this, this you know, thinking about from a perspective, if you had to go back to your whatever age that you had the most you know, uh, discomfort with or whatever, just say it was 15 years old, what would you go back and go back to your 15-year-old self? What would you say to that person now? You know, if you had to go back in time, if you had the time machine, you're like Michael J. Fox with, you know, Back to the Future. You gotta go back in the past with the, you know, the time machine. What would you say? And you had like five minutes. What would you say to your old self? And and that's a really good question to ask because those answers that come out is most likely the same key things that you probably should be living right now. And those that will move you forward and change your life because now it's like. If you're not living those principles, then what are you waiting for? Mm. Because your best life is still ahead of you, right? Our best life is not in the past. You know, I see this all the time. You know, those, and maybe this is not true. I don't know if there's a scientific study that done this. But you know, remember those high school jocks? You know, their best life was in high school? Yep. I am so glad that my best life was not in high school.
1: You That you weren't a high school jock?
0: Yeah. Or, you know, I just like that wasn't like my best part of my life. I'm glad my best part of my life is still ahead of me. Yeah, you know that it wasn't in the past, and if you're hanging on to your best life because you were the cool kid in high school and that was your best life, and you're still attached to that and living that life, then it's like, I think you're doing a disservice not just to yourself, but you're doing a disservice to society, to the people around you, and to your community. Why? It's because when you're not showing your best side or you who you truly are and what you can actually give back, then we're losing out because we don't get to see the genius within you which then doesn't allow us to grow as as a person for me but doesn't allow me to serve my community any better because I think I couldn't learn from you.
1: That's profound RT and as you were saying that I'm thinking Hollywood's even made a profile they've made a character out of you know people in high school that were always number one and then 10-20 years later they're often portrayed as being the person that's 10 or 20 or 30 kilos overweight they're resentful they've got no interest in the world and it's and that's and again, I mean, it's a, it really is a reflection of of society. So many people think the glory days are in the teenage years or in, or in the early twenties, mm. um, and even Damien and I are often saying this one hundred not out: the rest of your life is the best of your life, no matter what. Mm. But getting people to recognise that, especially when you think of today's world, a lot of people, you know, mass media, society, friends, family, they're not really taught, educated that the rest of the life, their life is in front of us. Most of us are. We live in a youth obsessed culture where we think that being young is cool and being old is not cool. Um, but even you know, going back to your high school story, you look back at it, you wouldn't have felt very cool. There's a lot of people. I look at myself back in my high school days. I didn't feel very cool. You know, I was a bit similar. LT. I was always the guy. I was always the guy that I was really good at making friends with girls, but actually having girlfriends was <laughs> yeah, was, was not my strength. I could chalk the leg off a chair with a girl. You were always uh, the, like
0: the you were always the friend of the girl, right? The
1: I was girl, a nice yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. I was you were a I nice could guy. not pardon my part of my life, but I could not pick up a chick to save myself. <laughs> yeah. And my mates would, if they were listening, they would be laughing their head off because they would know. Plenty of nights we would have gone out, and I would have been going home, quote unquote, empty-handed, whilst all of my le- mates would be um, tied up. And you were the, the designated you know, driver or the uh, the. That's man. it. Yeah, but I would exactly. <laughs> But I, was, I look back on it and I'm so glad that I stayed true to my personality because I, am, I, I met, like you said before about you know, meeting, meeting you know, the woman of your dreams for the right reasons and from the heart. Like, I met Sarah being exactly the same guy in terms of personality that I was um, when I was in high school, just being the good bloke, nice guy. And if I was the, you know, chauvinistic, chauvinistic, you know, treat them mean, keep them keen, kind of guy, I would not have got anywhere near my beautiful wife. You know, and I, and I, and I shudder to think um, what kind of person I would have attracted into my life if I had uh, attempted to be, I say, the, the person that I suppose thought I should have been in high school, which I'm so terribly glad that I'm not. But um, it just makes you realise, doesn't it, our teen? I suppose as parents, you, you often think, you know, our kids are going to get to that point in their life where you, th- there's pushes and pulls in that teenage years where they want to be like a certain rock star in rock star. when I'm thinking, like Damien Christoph, they want to be like a certain person in their in their school or their class. But you're really just urging your kids just to be themselves and and, and to not be like anyone else.
0: It's so hard, though, isn't it? Like you know, we got both got young kids and. And I'm dreading the fact that they're going to have to go through elementary school and high school and all the things that go around with them. Because I know, right, this is the, here's the you know, this is the, the problem I have in my head. I know if they are, they're going to, they're going to have to, sh- to struggle through high school. And if they struggle, they'll be, you know, they'll probably be better off, like, in the future. But you yes. don't want to yeah, see yeah, your yeah, kids be... struggle, right? You don't yeah. want to see your kids have to go through that. Yeah, when you have yeah, to go through, But at the same time, you know that if they go through the struggle, like, in the long run, they're much better off for it. So... But no parent wants to see their kids struggle, and this is with anything, you know, whether through school or whatever. And you know, the thing is, is that we, uh, my challenge is, is to, as a parent, is to try to figure out not to protect my kids. I'm a very protective kind of parent, but but at the same time, I got to know that they're going to have to face their challenges. But it's really hard as a parent not to, to to figure out what the balance is. I think a lot of parents just let their kids go too crazy all <laughs> right it's almost like put them a whole bunch of challenges and they have to be resourceful but at the same time like i'm sure there's something gain out of that but there's also that parent who actually protects them too much and that there's no adversity whatsoever which i talked about and then when there's no adversity it's then they don't actually have the right um, the tools. So it's no different than... Let's talk about money, for example. There's so many parents are, you know, that have really been made successful in terms of they had, they were so, their parents were really poor and they grew up in a poor environment. And because of that, they actually go overcome the adversity to actually become you know, really successful, like become millionaires or whatever. The challenge is not about... You no know, they, they have a great story, but the challenge is actually how do you raise a kid when yes. in, you can't tell them that you can't afford that anymore?
1: When they want for nothing yeah
0: they want for nothing you just and they expect it and i've seen this all the time that most likely most generations like how they lose money is like the third generation will lose it like once you one generation gains it and the second generation not to blow it blows it because they already have that expectation but there's a third generation that actually will blow everything and then have to start over again yeah and you know and it's it's that whole cycle um that that's my fear you know to maybe to make sure that they teach the kids the value of it but it's a lot easier to say when you have no money we just can't afford it Right, but when you have all the money in the world, just say you're like multi million dollars, and you goes, "I want a pony." It's like, well, you can't just say, yeah. I mean, "You can't." We can't yeah. afford it. It's yeah. like you actually have to justify it now. He goes, "Well, you know, we can't do this because of this and this and that." Right, right? Yeah.
1: So, and, and then at the same time, like I know plenty of wealthy people who just find it easier to say yes to their kids, yes, because it's harder to say no because it's almost like in their mind they're like, "But I can't. What? How? How can I justify saying no? Like the money's there, but I'm like, it's not about the money." Yeah. It's about teaching the kids a lesson that just because the money's there and it might be on tap and you might set it up in a way that it's always going to be there, doesn't mean that they get whatever they want at any time at the click of a button. Mm. But what you're saying, LT, you, is that it's easy for the kids if they grow up in that environment to never have any challenge and then become soft.
0: Yeah, I know it's hard for you for you know people to feel sorry for like the multi-millionaires, right? But you know, at the end of the day, it is. It but no, is... it's a good
1: reflection that everyone has a challenge. Everybody has it's a challenge. Everyone has a challenge.
0: And, you know, it, and, and the thing is, is that I think, you know, as we end off this call, I think it's also important to, to kind of address that, you know, victimhood only occurs if you allow it to, which we talked about, but also if you choose the people you hang around with to support your victimhood. So yeah. I think is you've got to choose your friends really wisely. I think you've got to choose the people are, that surround you um, that that doesn't just enable you to continue, but more there to really carry you forth and actually help guide you out of it and that's why i think sometimes friends are not necessarily the best people um to kind of get you out of victimhood sometimes you need a mentor sometimes you need a coach someone who's unattached to your emotional needs you know what i mean mean, yeah i'm just thinking
1: we we uh spoke about this um episode 20 i was just having a look the power of peer group if you're listening going oh i think i might need to change my Friendship group, my peer group, the people I spend a lot of time with, go back and have a listen to episode 20, where we talk about just how to do that. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Well, I, I, guys, I really hope you got a lot out of that. I, I mean, I learned a lot of stuff, and I hope you got a good laugh of it. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for sharing your story. Thanks for sharing your story. Go to uh, Facebook.com to uh, Inside the Champions Mind. Make sure you like it, uh, like us there, and of course, please make sure you comment and uh, no, you know, tell us you're listening. Um, tell us, you know, send us a message if you don't want to post it up on on our Facebook page, but tell us at least you're listening and, and what value you're getting out of it. And uh, go to our WellnessCouch.com website and sign up as a member if you can, because uh, we got some lots of good stuff. Stuff happening on the in 2014 uh, that you don't want to miss out and if you join up early uh, you'll get all those uh, nice freebie gifts that we're going to be heading your way and while you're on the itunes go to subscribe to us and give us a five-star rating if we deserve it and also leave a comment there too as well this has been inside the champions mind a show to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do this is lawrence tam and marcus pierce see you on the next episode